It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. Chris is not with me today as he is at work. I had the morning off for the first time in a while, which is really nice, but you can make sure to follow him on Twitter at Misto Christofo. Uh, however, I will be bringing you guys some content today. Um, overnight, I stayed up a little bit late, which I never do, and I got to experience... Antonio Brown's total of like 45 minutes with the Buffalo Bills. And I just wanted to provide a little bit of reaction to that. I thought that was absolutely hysterical how that all went down. Uh, obviously sitting there, I was pretty shocked to see that AB did end up, you know, the news broke that it looked like he was getting traded to the Bills. And for all of the, you know, issues that he had with Ben Roethlisberger and how vocal he was about that, I thought it was pretty hilarious and also pretty sad that he was going to have to go from Ben Roethlisberger to Josh freaking Allen as his quarterback. Um, But obviously he wasn't having that. Uh, I can't blame him for not having that because Josh Allen is not a good quarterback and I don't believe he will ever be a good quarterback. I can only imagine how frustrated Antonio Brown would be playing for him just a couple of games in getting over and underthrown massively on short to intermediate routes it just wouldn't have been a good fit for him, no matter what people say about how he Brown would probably help Allen. That just that it wasn't it, he's he's not good. Um, in which case, Antonio Brown responded to that news pretty quickly when it broke on NFL Instagram. He commented on their picture saying "fake news," and everyone started to speculate what's going on, what's going on, and all of a sudden, report comes out from Adam Schefter early this morning. Um, that the deal would never materialized. It was being pieced together, but it did not materialize. And that makes Ian Rappaport look pretty bad, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, the, the speculation um, for this is that the Bills and Steelers would have traded first-round picks, so the Bills would have moved back to uh, 20th overall, and the Steelers would move up to 9th. And in return, the Bills would get uh, A.B. And that made me wonder, and it's a question that I want to ask Jaguars fans. In that type of situation where you're negotiating to land one of the best receivers in the game right now, if not the best, in Antonio Brown, who hasn't showed any signs of show, uh, slowing down in his career despite being 31 years old, would you do that if the Jaguars went out and signed... Um, 
Nick Foles. And they cleared the cap to where they could still make another move to lay, to pay a guy like Antonio Brown. Would you guys do that? Would you trade 7th overall to the Steelers to get A.B. and the 20th overall pick? So you're still picking in the first round. You're still probably getting a really good either offensive lineman or tight end. Or maybe you're in that receiver range because I don't think that they should take a receiver with the 7th overall pick. I'm not as big a fan of D.K. Metcalf as everyone else is. Uh, at that value, at least. So that I I would consider it at that point. I know Antonio Brown obviously be, appears to be a bit of a headache, but if this team can get right, I'm not as concerned about that as everyone else is. As long as they're winning, like I think that goes away. I mean, we never saw Antonio Brown being. I mean, we we thought he was crazy. We thought that he did some weird stuff in Pittsburgh. Like I mean, showing up to camp in all these like luxurious cars and horse-drawn carriages and whatnot like obviously the dude's a bit weird but we never saw him like this until things were really out of hand and Pittsburgh started to crumble we could see it coming from a mile away with Ben Roethlisberger I've thought that Ben has been a legitimate issue with Pittsburgh for a little bit now and the way he carries himself Le'Veon Bell and all that stuff things started crumbling but when they were winning that wasn't an issue so if the Jaguars could get right I don't see that being an issue with him being here. So in which case, you're getting a top-tier playmaker to pair with Nick Foles, who you're signing in free agency at around, let's call it, $18 million a year. And suddenly you've got a ton of flexibility. You still have a first-round pick that you can use on, whether it be a tight end, offensive lineman, or another receiver. But I don't think you'd go receiver at that point. Uh, but you do have options. Um, I don't know. I think I'd really do it. Because you got to look at what his cap number is. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers will have to take on his bonus uh, guarantees. But the new team that takes him on would be only paying him, I believe, $13 million this year. And eleven next. Uh, I'm not sure exactly of all the numbers when it's all said and done because it's a complicated looking contract. But I know that the... Steelers would be paying off his prorated bonus, which is $7 million of the cap hit a year. So it goes down dramatically when it's all said and done. So I believe, yes, I think the Jaguars would take on $13 million of that. He'd obviously said he wanted a new contract. I don't think he'd get the same contract that he had before, but maybe more guarantees and less annual value. Coming in here with Nick Foles, assuming they have up to $50 million in cap space, like we projected on that cap space article, or sorry, podcast a couple of weeks ago, it's doable. The Jaguars could definitely do it, in which case, you know, this offense goes from Blake Bortles and Dede Westbrook as the main weapons and, you know, a shell of Leonard Fournette whenever he was actually healthy, to Nick Foles, Antonio Brown, paired with their number two in Dede Westbrook at that point, and hopefully if Fournette can get back on track. I mean, just having Foles and Brown in the fold alone makes it sound a lot more appealing of an offense. So I think that that would be a lot of fun. But I want to hear from Jaguars fans. What do you think? Would you do that? Would you take on that deal that was proposed um, you know, in the rumor mill last night with the Bills and Steelers potential trade that fell apart? Because I think I would. When we come back, we're doing a Twitter Q&A from our fans. Today's episode of Locked on Jaguars is brought to you by A1 Sliders. Are you one of hundreds of coastal northeast Florida homeowners who struggle every day to open and close your sliding glass door? Why spend all the money it takes to replace your sliding glass door when Tony and the gang at A1 Sliders could save you money and repair your door for you? A1 Sliders is licensed and insured. 
They offer free estimates, upfront pricing, and will help you save on heating and cooling costs in your home from leaky sliding glass doors. And at A1, your schedule comes first. A1 Sliders is a fan of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, and in partnering with us, they will give you $25 off of any repair you order, no limit. Just mention Locked On Jaguars before getting your repairs done. Call A1 Sliders now for your free sliding glass door repair estimate at 386-538-6835, or check out their website at www.a1sliders.com. That's 386-538-6835 and www.a1sliders.com. And don't forget to mention Locked On Jaguars for $25 off of any repair you order. A1 Sliders Licensed and Insured LLC covers the Jacksonville area from Fernandina Beach through New Smyrna Beach, based out of Palm Coast, Florida. Contact for more details on location and any questions you may have. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So next up on our, you know, shorter show today because I'm co-hostless and not a ton to talk about with the Jags. And of course, you know, something's going to happen tonight where they'll probably start making a bunch of moves like free agency and stuff like that, releasing players. You know, that's just how it works, right? But since that hasn't happened yet, I'm going to go ahead and fill time with answering some questions from Twitter, and I'm going to start with my buddy Ryan. This Ryan Jackson asks, over under of Blake Bortles starts outside of Jacksonville by 2020 is at 2.5. What are you taking? And I said, slam that over, honestly. Um, I don't think any team is going to sign him to be a starter. There's not enough teams with quarterback needs in the first place, and it's also Blake Bortles. So teams know what they're getting. I think there will be teams that will take him on as a backup that will try and resurrect his career. Teams like New England make a ton of sense because – They were planning on drafting him in 2014 if he fell to where they were selecting. And he obviously didn't. They took Jimmy Garoppolo instead. But they wanted to develop a guy and eventually have him take over for Brady or trade him away. Obviously, the latter is what ended up happening. But I think that makes sense. I think both Arizona with Steve Keim, who was a big fan of his, also said they were considering selecting Bortles in the 2014 draft, as well as then-coach Bruce Arians, who is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Both were high on Bortles, so Arizona or Tampa Bay would be really great fits, I think, for him, as well as New England. But those are those are the three leading candidates in my mind. Coming from it's Javal, my buddy Javal, do you think Will Richardson stops this team from going right tackle super early? Can't see Jawan Taylor here, even though he's very good. I've said all along, I think the initial plan was to redshirt Richardson, and I think that they want him to start this upcoming year. However, if they don't value a guy like TJ Hawkinson at 7th overall, assuming that they've signed Nick Foles in this situation, they might elect to take Taylor if they can't trade back and just really try to build that offensive line because they want to they wanna give it a bit more of a facelift. I think they want to release Parnell. I think they want to get younger, less expensive, and healthier there. And Juwan Taylor offers all three of those things. So if, they've be, if they think that their best option is to just, you know, 
land a first round tackle, even though you have Will Richardson in the fold and turn Richardson into the more of a swing guy, then so be it. But I guess we'll just have to see whether or not they release Parnell or not. If they don't release Parnell, I'm confident Richardson's going to be the starter next year and Parnell is going to turn into a uh, reserve slash mentor at his age of, I believe, 33, something like that. Um, coming from Mark Hodges, MB Hodges 904. Given the rumors recorded uh, with Nick Foles, which realistically should be in the neighborhood of $18 million a year, should Jags fans be expecting a similar pick to Taven last year, drafting eventual replacement for a large cap figure? I love Hawkinson and Fant, but should I not get my hopes up? I think that's actually a really great question because that's exactly what they did last year is that obviously defensive tackle was not a league, they, uh, a need. They led the league in sacks, or second in the league in sacks. Most pressures coming from a four-man front. Defensive tackle, I mean, they just traded for Marcel Darius to pair with Malik Jackson and Avery Jones at that point. So it looked like a real strong position, right? So it's shocking that they drafted defensive tackle in the first round. But that's what they did because they planned to either have him take over for Calais Campbell or Malik Jackson, outside or inside. It's obviously going to be Jackson. Uh, Jackson's now on the trading block. So that price goes down dramatically from $15 million a year to, I think, $2 million a year with Taven. I could see I could see them thinking like that within the first two days at a couple of positions. And I think I do think offensive line is going to be where that is because they're paying Norwell so much money. If Cam Robinson breaks out after his, you know, torn ACL this past year, if he bounces back and has a really great season, they're going to have to pay him at some point. Brandon Linder they extended a couple years ago. So I think, you know, rather than paying a right guard in free agency this upcoming year, I'm sure they're going to want to draft a right guard to keep it cheap. Same thing with drafting a right tackle, whether it be Taylor or keeping Richardson, who's insanely cheap. But trying to get cheaper along the offensive line, I don't see them using seventh overall pick on a defensive player at all. I think that would be a total waste and an embarrassment, quite frankly, with the needs of this team, they have to go offense. It doesn't matter where it is. Just take any offensive player at that pick, and I guarantee your offense will get a little better. But you can't go into 2018 or 2019 after the 2018 season was just the worst offense in the NFL and your seventh overall pick being a defensive player. That doesn't make sense at all. Coming from... Sorry, man. I can't pronounce it. Gilaumi KLN onto the next Jags QB disappointment. <laughs> Rosen for a second, absolutely. If they, um, if they can't land Haskins, then and they're planning on signing Nick Foles, I, I'd honestly rather them trade a second for Rosen than pay Nick Foles uh, eighteen million plus a year. I think Rosen's got a ton of potential that you did not get to see uh, from Arizona just because how awful is like no one realizes like the Jaguars backup offensive lineman I would I feel confident in saying that Eric Flowers probably had a better season than most of the starters on the Cardinals offensive line the weapons there are so piss poor I mean Larry Fitzgerald's way past his prime significantly regressed David Johnson is not the back that he used to be after so many injuries that he's had it just was not a good situation for a young rookie quarterback to be thrown into the fire. And yet we still saw glimpses. The stats don't show it, but if you go back and watch some film on Josh Rosen, there were some throws that he would you would say, okay, wow, like they've got a dude. They've got a dude that can play here. So if his value right now is a third-round pick, 
If I'm the Jaguars, I would send a second because you're getting a quarterback on a rookie deal that you see a lot of potential in. That was a lot of people's quarterback number one just last year. I think that would make a ton of sense. And you build upon that, you build around him, and you only lost a second-round pick for it, and you're not paying Nick Foles the $18 million a year. I think that that, I think that, that would be ideal. I mean, I, I, I love Haskins at this point because I've just – Obviously, fallen in love with him here, but like Rosen, I would take all day, every day over Nick Foles at his price. Uh, from Ryan Stringer97, would you be happy with just Foles or would you take a quarterback in the draft? Locke, Jones, Greer in the third, fourth, if no Haskins, with Hawkinson or a trade down in the first, and Lindstrom Reisner in the second. I think that they'll have to draft a quarterback no matter what. I'd still prefer to have Haskins, but with Foles, I'm sure they're going to want to build around Foles. So you probably take a quarterback on with one of your two third round picks or on a day three pick and have a developmental you know, project backup. Uh, as much as I'd love for it to be Haskins so you can figure out the short term and the long term of the franchise, I, I just don't see that being their thought process because they're going to want to win now if they sign Foles and build the best team around him, because that's the way that he'll find success. He needs a lot of stuff around him to be really, really good. Um, But, I mean, if a guy falls to their later third-round pick of the names mentioned there, like Greer, who I think that they like Greer as a bit of a consolation prize if they were to draft a quarterback, then I I, I think that that could make sense, because that's a guy that you develop. Maybe in a couple years, you try and see if he could be a starter, but... Right now you've got Foles, so I don't see them going after a quarterback unless Haskins. If Haskins fell to seven, I think they'd contemplate it. And if I were them, I'd take him. But I don't know if they feel the same way. And the last one from Nicholas uh, Nicholas Lisiewski. is tight end at seven a bit too high to draft a guy like Hawkinson, or is he just so special and worth it? And would they do it? I think Hawkinson's the safest player uh, on the offensive side of the ball. That's projected to go in the top 10, top 15 as an all around tight end, a guy that can play a multitude of different ways. You can line him up in the backfield, out wide, in line, like you can do anything with him and he's going to translate really well because they run a pro style offense like the Jaguars run at Iowa. I think his translation will be quick. I don't think that he'll have the rookie tight end struggle that people talk about all the time because Dallas Goddard last year was in a scheme similar to what I'm thinking the Jaguars will probably want to do this upcoming year because Obviously, similar coaching staff. John Filippo was with the coaches that are still there right now in uh, Philadelphia. So I could totally see them addressing tight ends like that, uh, the way that they use them in different ways. And Dallas Goddard this past year, as a backup to one of, if not the best tight end in the NFL right now, still had 33 catches for 350 yards and four touchdowns as a rookie. So you put him in as a starter, and he's probably doubling that. He had pro football focus, highest graded single game by any tight end in the NFL this past year. So not all rookie tight ends are going to struggle. Like there, there are guys that definitely can come out and play. And I think Hawkinson is one of those guys. Foles targeted tight ends on 33% of his targets over his last eight regular season starts, which is the amount of starts he had in the regular season in the past two seasons when he's coming and played. So he obviously relies upon the position. The Jaguars tight end position right now is, you know, it's just a wasteland. Dave Caldwell came out and said that teams are winning with these truly dynamic two-way tight ends, and they want someone that can obviously still come in and provide a lot of run blocking like the sixth offensive lineman, but also want to add some dynamic there as a receiver. Hawkinson definitely does both. I think the furthest he would fall is probably the 12th overall pick to Green Bay. So 
I would consider I if the if I'm the Jaguars, you know, as much as I'd consider Jawan Taylor to upgrade that line, I'd probably go Hawkinson over him. Ideally trade back maybe a couple picks if that's possible, but still stay ahead of Green Bay because we know that they need to address their tight end room. Um, but find a way to get a couple picks and still in Hawkinson, I think would be great. And that should just about do it today for today's Locked On Jaguars episode. Make sure to subscribe. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews. We'll catch up with you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.